All right. Well, our preacher this morning, if you've been around Church on the Rock, he really doesn't need any introduction, but I'm going to give it to him anyway because uh, he's a guy that... uh, uh, whether he knows it or not, a long time ago when I first started going to Church on the Rock, really sewed into me with his fiery preaching. And when he prayed over me, when I became a, 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 a partner with Church on the Rock uh, at the membership class, I think he may have uh, imparted a little bit of that fiery preaching onto me. Sometimes it leaks out and you guys have to tell me, hey, can you be a little more quiet? Well, Kelly is not going to be quiet this morning. Uh, He's going to be bold, and he's going to give us a great message. Kelly Bray, come on up here. Yeah. Can I pray over you? And uh, I'm going to turn you loose. Lord, thank you for my friend, uh, a man that uh, I've looked up to over the years. Um, Lord, pray that you would uh, fill him with supernatural energy this morning, even though we all know that he does not need it. Uh, But Lord, we pray that you would speak through him like you always do this morning, uh, that that you would impart uh, wisdom on us through this man and uh, bless him for being here and bringing the word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let me get this stuff out of your way. Thank you, Cody. I did not know some of that stuff you shared, and blesses me to hear it. Now, correct one thing in your prayer. You said, I did not need supernatural energy. I need supernatural energy to get out of bed most days, and I could never preach without divine help. Um, so I thank God that he provides what we lack. Um, I haven't I don't remember the first time I preached here, but it was a long time ago. It's whenever you first had this building here. And um, I'm really blessed. I didn't know we were going to get to see the former pastors, Mike and Molly Sloan, but they showed up this morning, and we've not been here since Cody and Sophie. I don't think we've been here preaching since you became pastors here. So we're, you know, like two years late. Congratulations or whatever. (laughs) I'm... Just super happy that God sent you guys up here. And I hear nothing but great things about what the Lord is doing here. I mean, everybody says, there's amazing things happening at the North Campus in Talkeetna. And Sophie and Cody are doing a great job. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to hear that you're kind of fiery, too. That's awesome. I'll tell you something else that excites me. I I think I'm preaching a thousand pulpits around the world. This is the coolest pulpit I have ever seen. This this was not here last time I came. And I just thought, you know, I was trying to worship, but I just kept staring at the cup holder and the burl on the, I mean, that's awesome. Whoever made it, um, I commend you, sir. This is great. I wish I could just take this everywhere with me around the world. But then no one would listen. They'd just be staring at the pulpit. But I love it. Well, there's always something unique in Talkeetna. And uh, that's a good reputation to have. People talk about, you know, Talkeetna. Even Alaskans think Talkeetna is unique. But aren't we supposed to be unique as God's people? We're not supposed to be run-of-the-mill 
or typical or average. The Bible says we're kind of a strange bunch. And uh, so it's okay. If, but if you're strange, be Jesus strange. Don't just be, you know, your own self strange. I, when I first started preaching, Cody, shortly after, and that was about 45 years ago, but somebody, one of my friends called me and said, I have a word from the Lord for you. Less a Kelly, more Jesus. I did not like that prophetic word, but I've kept that word with me all the time because sometimes we're strange in our human self. I didn't plan this. This is a good word for your congregation. And we, we develop an identity around our own individual quirky personality. Well, you know, be quirky, but be quirky because of Jesus. Uh, you know, not just to be different. All right, I better get off on that subject. And uh, there's a great, great theme scripture for this conference. Uh, before I get to that, one other thing. My amazing wife, Lenora, is sitting there in the second row, and I want to introduce her and honor her. And um, we, this is our, just started our 44th year of preaching together. We started on this because I, I see a lot of new faces and some of you don't know us, but we started on the streets of New York City as part of a gospel team and we are teenagers in Bible school. And uh, that's what we've been doing ever since. And that assignment, uh, we thought we would graduate and go to one country and be there the rest of our life. But the Lord has put our feet in 127 countries thus far and um, be in a few, quite a few next year if plans go according to what we think. And most of what we're doing now at this season of our life kind of concentrate on a couple things. One is what Johnny Gillespie mentioned, Gen Z and the millennial generation. A couple of years ago, the Lord spoke to us that he was pouring out a great revival on that generation around the world, and we're seeing it everywhere we go. There is a, an incredible awakening among young people, and we feel a calling to just give ourselves to that, to love them, disciple them, spend time with them, pour out whatever we have into them. So a lot of our time is invested doing that, particularly in Eastern Europe, where last year the Lord directed us to buy some land, and we have a small mission center there. And so we have young people from Eastern Europe that gather there, and we're able to minister to them. We were there a couple weeks ago, just got back from there. Um, we spend a lot of time, too, with uh, working with pastors and church leaders, a lot of counseling, a lot of depressed pastors out there, but uh, we try and cheer them up, and um, uh, there are also a lot that are having revival in their churches, and I see, by the way, they're smiling, they're, they're, they're revived, they're not depressed, so I'm glad they never called us and said we're ready to quit, but unfortunately, there are other people who do. And uh, we're honored that we can help people not quit. Um, that's one of my favorite things in our ministry journey is when we go to a conference or with a group of pastors and we bring the word of the Lord and somebody comes up afterwards or a lot of people afterwards and say, we were going to quit, but God spoke to me today and we're going to keep going. So that, that's an important part of our life and calling. We do that all around the world. And then just preaching the gospel, bringing the word of the Lord, what God has to say to his people wherever. That's what we want to do this morning. Just bring the word of the Lord to you and encourage you and build you up. And uh, uh, one of the neat things we're doing, I didn't mention this in Wasilla last night, but one of the neat things we're doing in the spring, we're going back to Indonesia 
And some of our colleagues there are targeting, it's the largest unreached people group in Indonesia. Over a million people, no church, no established uh, work of God there. A, a, a tribe of, of over a million people or a people group of over a million people on the island of Borneo. And we want to go and help them with some of that to whatever extent we can and encourage them. So we have a lot going on. We're going to India right after the new year. We'll be in Eastern Europe second half of the year. But you know what? That's, that's just because it's mission conference. I don't normally mention all that stuff. But right now, I'm in Telkina, so that's what I'm into at the moment. And I'm with you. Uh, but that's just for those of, us that, those of you that pray for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, these are the theme verses of this conference. It says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, or clay pots, some translations say, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Two sides to this equation that this conference theme is dealing with. One, the focus is kind of primarily on the light, but in some of the services, people are talking about the fact that the light is in a clay vessel. The clay vessel or the pot or the earthen vessel, that's us. That's our physical bodies assigned to carry or privileged to carry the glory of God, the light of the gospel. Uh, and I want to talk about the light. And actually, uh, it's kind of a theme in our life. I'm a big believer in this. I mean, it, the, the cracked pot, or not cracked pot, the cracked pot, the clay vessel is, that's a reality for all of us. We need good teaching about that. We need to thank God that even with our flaws and our cracks, he uses us. Uh, but what really helps us to keep going and to stay focused is focusing on the light, on that aspect. So yes, this light resides in a fragile vessel, a imperfect vessel, but studying the vessel, the light, will get you much further than studying the vessel. It's very easy when you have aches and pains. It's very easy when you have sins and flaws to become preoccupied with your aches and pains, with your sins and flaws, with all the reasons you can't humanly do what God has called you to do. We, we are prone to get very preoccupied with ourselves. Some people never have a breakthrough in counseling because they can never get past themselves. Talk about themselves day and night. I tell you, you get so much further talking about Jesus than talking about yourself. You'll get so much further talking about what he's achieved and what you haven't achieved. But the devil's always trying to lure us into a preoccupation with our own limitations and our own weaknesses and our own pains. And those things we will always have. We will always have, as long as we're in this body, human limitation. We'll always have some kind of issue with pain, especially as we get a little older. We'll always have some insecurity we've got to overcome. And the enemy would love nothing more than for you to be obsessed with your limitation or insecurity. But I am a big promoter of being obsessed with Jesus because he's the one that helps us surmount our always present human issues. So I want to talk about that light that this scripture speaks of, this 
excellent power, this thing that awakens us and causes us to see and understand things about God. And uh, I'll just tell you a couple things about it. And uh, if you can remember one or two of them, I, I really, this has encouraged me this morning, and I, I believe it will help and encourage you. So Holy Spirit, help me to do that. Help us to listen real good to what you have to say, because that's point number one, Jesus, that the Spirit of God whom you sent is that light. And that's what I want to say, number one. This light that illumines this clay vessel, it, before anything else, we're talking about a person here talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Very important thing to always teach when we talk about the Holy Spirit is his primary purpose in us is to reveal Jesus to you and through you. That's an easy way to remember because people get all kinds of weird ideas and about the Holy Spirit. Some people are afraid to when we, people talk about the Holy Spirit, but the thing that just always encourages me is, I mean, his prime mission is nothing to be scared of. It's to reveal Jesus to you and through you. It's to illumine Jesus in you. The Holy Spirit is all about making the Son of God famous. Yes, he gives us gifts. He anoints us. He gives us power. He, there's so many things he does. He teaches us. But the main objective is for you and I to, to understand and, and sense our relationship with Jesus more deeply and to reveal Jesus through us. That's exactly what Jesus said when he said that the Holy Spirit would come, we'd receive power, and we would become witnesses of him. So this is the key to this light or this illumination of the cracked vessel. Remember, it is a person, not just an aura. It's not just a feeling. It's not goosebumps. It's not, uh, you know, like, wow, there's a real anointing in the service today. We're talking about being inhabited by the person of God, the Spirit of God. This is amazing. This is encouraging. I got born again 56 years ago, and I I absolutely cannot wrap my mind around this, but it encourages me, Cody. It's really the whole reason, the sole reason why I stay fired up is I just stop and I think for a minute and I say, wow, the God who created the universe and spoke light into being when there was nothing but darkness and void. He said, let there be light. The same God who did that by virtue of faith in Jesus Christ, comes and just plants himself in this cracked pot. Sometimes, humanly, a crack pot. But that's amazing that he does that. It's amazing. And it's real. Never forget that it's not just a light. It's the person of God dwelling in you. That is the starting place of our encouragement. That is the reason that everything in this passage works. That is the only reason we can effectively witness. That is the only reason. That's why I corrected your prayer, Pastor. But, you know, that's the only reason that we can be energetic when our body says, you know, you, you can't do what you think you can do. But, I mean, it's amazing that God comes and dwells in the midst of his people, lives inside of you. Um, so, you know, it's good to look in the mirror every morning and uh, rather than look at all your pimples and, and wrinkles and 
all the other things that we, we tend to focus on just say, yeah, I may be a cracked pot, but I am full of Jesus. I, the Spirit of God lives in me. I have the person of the Holy Spirit lives in, living in me. That, that's, that is a starting place regarding this light. You know, just to, to get us to the second point, I say a word about technology. I'm technologically always slightly behind the curve. I catch up with the transitions. I mean, things move fast now, but I, I catch up. I always say to my children, our children are all going on 40 and around 40 years old, and I always say to them, just be patient with me. I'll get there, but I get there very slowly. And like one of, one of, one of the first changes, you know, you, this is now, forget the internet. I had trouble when they changed the light bulbs. You know, like the good old-fashioned Thomas Edison light bulb that worked for 100 years, and why do we need to improve on that? And all of a sudden, they come out with the LED bulbs. And I was very suspicious of the LED bulbs. They cost a lot of money. And they, you know, say, oh, they, they'll, they, they burn for five years, seven years, ten years. I'm like, I don't, I don't believe that. Only a fool would pay money believing that. Everybody knows uh, the best GE light bulb lasts about six months and probably three months, and that's just how life is. But, you know, one of our kids was trying to sell me on LED bulbs. Said, you know, they really last for a long time, and uh, we, got, we started getting a few and found out, wow, they, they do. I mean, some of them we've had for years. They haven't gone out. I'll tell you something about the light in you. This is a light that lasts. This is a very important principle because a lot of us think that the Holy Spirit's presence in our life, it's like the old-fashioned normal light bulb, that it'll burn for a period of time, but eventually it's going to go out. Why? Because you're going to probably do something to make the light go out. That's the way we think, that the Holy Spirit is like a delicate light bulb. You know how the old-fashioned light bulbs, I mean, if you bump them, the filament inside will, will burst or there's so many things that can make those light bulbs short circuit and go out. A lot of people think the Christian life is like that. That we, we, the, the Spirit of God inside us is, is very delicately present. And you get out of line in the slightest degree, and psh, the light goes out. But you know the light of the Holy Spirit that's been given to you. Put inside, I mean, God was well aware that your vessel was cracked when he decided to inhabit you. And he made you righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, but he knew you would make mistakes again, i.e. you would sin now and then. Sometimes you'd sin daily. I mean, God knew all that, and he still moved into your life in the person of the Holy Spirit, but he did not move in there to be on a constant dimmer switch. He is not bright and happy one day and hiding in the shadows the next way. The light of God in you never goes out. It is an eternal, it's got an eternal lifespan. It shines forever. Now we, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that by being uncooperative. I mean, we can emotionally, you know, bring sorrow to the heart of God. But once he moved in, you, you're not kicking him out because you're having a bad day. 
He's not like, wow, Cody is really having an off day. I think I'd rather spend time with Sophie. I mean, that's just not, that's not, well, that was probably a bad illustration, but that, that, that's just not how it works. And we think it works that way in our life. Like God's like, let me go hang out with somebody that's a little more enjoyable to be with. And so as soon as you believe that you have dimmed the light of God or the capacity of God, I'm not saying we can't be uncooperative. Sometimes we're uncooperative with God. Sometimes we render ourselves ineffective. But there's nothing you can do to deplete who he is. There's nothing you can do to, to, to make him less inside of you. He is all that he is inside of you from the moment that he moves into you and declares that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we have ebb and flow in our own emotions, in our own behavior, but there's no ebb and flow with God. There is no dimming with God. The light doesn't flicker with God. He burns with full intensity and full capacity ready to work through you and for you 24-7, 365 days a year. Someone might say, well, I, I just don't feel like God's there. He's there whether you feel or not. If you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, he's there. Well, I just don't feel very vibrant. Well, thank God... God's vibrancy has nothing to do with ours. I mean, like I said, there's times where I, I need resurrection power to get out of bed in the morning. Sometimes we don't feel vibrant. There are times in my life where I've come rolled into a church service and I did not feel like being there. Fortunately, that's not this morning. I'm very excited about being in Telkeaton, huh? But we've gone to some places where I would have rather been anywhere but because of different circumstances. So I didn't feel like being there. But I, I learned God always feels like being with his people. God loves to be with his people. God always is excited about what he has to say to his people. If this is really true. I had to learn this early in my ministry. You know, one day I was kind of preparing and I didn't feel very inspired. I wasn't too excited. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you know, I'm very particular about what my children eat. You know, you just don't throw some meal out there. Like, and then just brought to my mind the memory of my mom who just slaved in the kitchen her, our whole childhood, and um, she was into cooking, and she loved preparing, and she spent hours making an amazing meal. Why? Because she loved her kids, and she wanted to make them something that tasted good, and she always did the best that she could, and the Lord just gave me that picture. He says, you know, you think that, that there's actually, that I'm less than that? I'm more than that. I'm like really into uh, giving my children something good. I am excited about what I have for my kids. I'm telling you, this, this light inside of you burns. God has passion for you. It burns, but it won't burn you. That's the third point. It's a very important point. It burns with intensity, with permanency, but it won't burn you. See, remember the old-fashioned bulbs again. This, this whole part of the attraction of the LEDs is they... They generate less heat, yet they don't generate less intensity. And so, you know, the old ones, uh, 
they go out, pop out in your lamp, and we're too impatient, you know, to wait for them to cool down. So this is as a kid or when we first got married. I don't know how long. We had them up until recently. But, you know, you jump up right away, and you know it's boiling hot. It's like a 1,000 degrees, but you're just like, you, know, you wet your fingers, and you I don't know why we do that, but we just, we got to change it. I got to get a new light bulb in there, and it's, it's boiling hot, and you always end up burning yourself. And then you had to teach the children back in the day, don't touch those lights. They're really hot. They'll burn you. That's how the old light bulbs were. It's a whole draw of LEDs is they're not going to burn you. You can, you know, go ahead. I, I remember when we first got them, and one of my kids was like, you know, go ahead, Dad, twist it. Uh, it's not going to burn you while it's lit. I'm like, you sure? I told you I come along slowly. Those hot light bulbs are dangerous. When I was a, a kid, I conspired with my older brother. We had an older sister and then four boys. And so me and my oldest brother, we conspired together. We decided to... Uh, play a prank on my sister, and we took all her little plastic dolls and uh, cut their hair off with the scissors, and then we, we stuck their heads to a light bulb, a hot light bulb, like five or six of her little dolls, so that, and just melted them on there, and then turned the light off. We were really excited. And then when she came in, turned the light on in her room, all her little dolls were sticking out true horror movie some people think that it's like that with the light within them you know I, well, I know I'm saved no no I'm born again but they dare not approach God because they have an old covenant concept the old covenant concept was you didn't get near the holiness of God because Mount Sinai, there's a fire burning there. And if, you get, if you're anybody but Moses and you get near that, you are going to be burned alive. And some people have brought that over into the new covenant. But that's a terrible mistake because in the new covenant, our sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus. We're forgiven for the things we've done. We're forgiven for the things we're doing today. God has cleaned us. The Hebrews says by one sacrifice he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified but some people don't realize they're standing before God so they still think if they get close to him when they've had a tough day they might get burned but that's not correct doctrine that's not what the scripture teaches how would we ever approach God we always have cracks in our pot we always have flaws. We always are saying something we shouldn't say. None of us have arrived at a sinless state, practically speaking. So if we have to wait until every crack is filled and there's nothing up out of order in our life, we'll never feel comfortable talking to Jesus and we'll never feel comfortable yielding ourselves to the presence and power of the Holy Spirit because we'll believe the lie that why would God ever use somebody like me? And even if I did get close enough to get instructions, I'd probably be burned alive. God has no desire to burn you. He wants to bless you. Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to destroy but to seek and save that which was lost this is a light that 
that doesn't burn. You can freely come into the presence of God. Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, seeing that we have such a, a great high priest, let us be confident to boldly enter into the holiest place. Nobody went into the holiest place. That was the place in the tabernacle and the temple where only the high priest went once a year. And they weren't even sure he was going to come out. So they tied a belt to his leg. I mean, it, you know, it, it was serious business. And now the New Testament, because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, taking our sin and then offering us forgiveness and eternal life, actually says to us, to boldly come into the light. Don't hide from the light because you're imperfect. How many of us still deal with shame in the presence of God? Don't even want to talk to him about what we've done or what we've thought. He knows and he still loves you. He knows what we struggle with. We don't want, we just, we get horrified at the thought that anybody would know the things that we struggle with as human beings. God knows everything you struggle with, and he loves you. He's not repulsed by you. That's why he sent his son, Jesus, so that you and I, struggling human beings, could sit in the lap of our heavenly father and be accepted. And the scripture describes us being accepted in the beloved. That is who you are. If you're somebody who has put your trust in Jesus Christ, you are not quivering in the shadows, fearful of the fiery wrath of God. You are someone who's been forgiven, washed by his love, washed by his sacrifice. And he's saying, come near, touch me, feel me. You will not get burned. I, I am white hot. But it's the heat of my love. I burn intensely, but it won't consume you. Come into the light of my love and presence. It's the only way the clay pot can function or do anything is to understand the reality of this light and the invitation of this light. That's why I said in the beginning, the devil's strategy is to get you and I obsessed with the fractures and the cracks in our earthen vessel. He's terrified of you and I becoming obsessed with the intensity of Jesus, with the graciousness of the Holy Spirit, with the message that his mercies are new every morning. The light is on. That was a Motel 6 advertisement. We'll keep the, the porch light on for you. That's, you know, they stole that from Jesus. He keeps the light on all the time. He's got coffee on the table 24-7. Come sit down with me. Let's have a chat. We're like, oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, did, I, I thought that yesterday or I did that or I yelled at my spouse or I lost it with my kids. It's like, yeah, I know about that. The invitation still stands. I covered that with my blood. The invitation stands. Come sit with me. This light never goes out, and this light will not burn. This light is brilliant, smart. You heard of smart lights? Just when I got used to LEDs, they had to come out with LED smart lights. 
And I did the same thing I did with LEDs is, nope, that's a ripoff, that's a scam. I am perfectly fine with walking into the room and pressing a switch. I don't need, I don't need another app on my cell phone. I don't need another password. I'm going to lose my mind. That's, you know, this is over 60. I'm just telling you this is what people like us are like. We curse the day passwords that were invented because they invented them at a time when we we're too old to remember any of them. And that's why people, like one of my kids says, Dad, that's what one password is for. That's what this, this is for, you know. But uh, we have trouble making these shifts. And so along came smart lights. Some of you don't even know what smart lights are. That's okay. I just discovered them recently myself. But I, I was like, I don't need that. I can live without that. And then once we had a few of them in our house and somebody got some for us and showed us what they could do, I'm like, how did we, how did we ever survive? Without smart lights. I mean, now I walk in the kitchen and the lights greet me. They just come on because there's a sensor on the wall that lets the smart light, light know master is here. He wants his coffee. I walk out and my energy conserving smart light, the sensor says, you know, master left the house. And so I, the light goes off. It's amazing. It's more amazing. I just, you know, like within the last year, one of my kids said, dad, they do more than turn lights on and off. I mean, it's more than that. You can control it with your app. They could change the colors. They can, they can set a, a different tone or mood. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Like, here's, a, you know, Hawaii sunset, and here's tropical blue. And I'm like, who needs all these colors in their house? I'm losing my mind. But then I discovered it's it pretty awesome to have a smart light. You can dim the setting, you know. You can make, when I want to read, I can make it brilliant. I'll tell you, smart lights, they make you feel pretty dumb after a while. You realize, you've got to stop fighting technology. L listen. You got a smart light inside of you. He's the best mood setter you can ever find. He, I'm so thankful. I mean, how many times we look at the cracks in our life and we're disqualified because we think I'm not smart enough. I, I don't have enough insight. I don't have enough creativity. Listen, you got a bulb inside of you that's got it all, does it all. The wisdom of God without limitation is given to you in the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when he comes to you, he'll teach you all things. Whatever you need to know about me, and I've discovered whatever we need to know about anything. If we need to know, if we're in a crisis moment, we need to know, God is there to talk to us. And it's so much easier. That was the whole selling point of smart lights even to this day. It'll simplify your life. There's a lot of things that you're used to having to do manually you won't have to do anymore. And some of us are stubborn and we want to do it the old-fashioned way. But I'm so thankful for the innovation that makes my life a little easier. And I'm so thankful for the light inside of my soul that makes life a whole lot better. And a whole lot easier. Don't we get tired of just trying to do what we can do within the limitations of our cracked vessel? How wonderful that we can have the unlimited intelligence and wisdom of God to draw from. How wonderful that we're not enslaved to the, the whims of our own emotions. Because... You know, we could all be honest. Our, humanly, our emotions go up and down. They go all over the place. But God is steady Eddie, let me tell you. Like, he, nothing rattles his cage. 
He is the calm in the storm. He's the peace that passes understanding. And he says, hey, I'm right here inside of you. You can access that 24-7. That's really true. Great lesson in life I had to learn. I don't have to live by the limitations of my own emotional whims. But I can access the steadiness of God, the peace of God, the joy of the Holy Spirit. He's smarter than me. He knows what's needed in every situation. You ever muff up a conversation or, you know, embarrass yourself or you think you know somebody? I've learned God knows everybody. He knows when I need to shut up or when I need to speak up. Sometimes we, we just do the same thing with everybody. I'm like, Holy Spirit, fill me with love and give me a sensitivity to the person in front of me. You know them. I don't know them. I, I'm that way with different congregations. I, I can't take a canned sermon to, from one church to the next. I don't know you, but God knows you inside now. So it's so nice. I mean, that's why I'm able to relax, even though I get a little excited. But I'm able to relax, Cody, when I preach because I, I'm, I'm just totally trusting the light that's inside to direct me as I read the light that's in here. And those lights come together, and God touches some of us because he knows what we need. How wonderful to yield to the wisdom of God. You have that. That's the message this morning, you have a light that nobody could put out. You have a light that invites, not repels. It won't burn you. You have a light in you that is smarter and wiser than the best plan you have for your life. And finally, lastly, you have a light in you that is resurrection power. Because life can get pretty battering at times. It happened to Paul. He's real candid about it. I mean, tough things happen to good people. You know, the we have an enemy. There's persecution. There's warfare. There's the limitations of this body. But Paul, writing about that light, makes this statement. And I love it. The verse we already read, he says, but... We have this treasure in clay pots, earthen vessels. And the result of that is that the excellence of the power is of God and not of us. Because we, in our human situation, are hard-pressed on every side. But this is amazing, yet we're not crushed. We, in our human intellect, are frequently perplexed, but... Amazingly, because of the light in us, we don't despair. It doesn't send us into a depression. We don't quit. We are persecuted, he says in verse 9. But we're not forsaken. We are struck down. Things come against us. But it's amazing, Paul's telling us, because of the power of this light, we are not destroyed. In verse 10, he says this, like a summary, we're always carrying about in our physical body the dying of the Lord Jesus. In other words, because we identified, we identify with him. There is an enemy in this world. There is persecution in this world when you really walk with him. But he says, guess what happens when that death tries to work against us? The life of Jesus also that is manifested in our body. The life of God fills us because of the light of God within us. 
He says in verse 12, so then death is, it's working in us. It's trying to do a number on us. But guess what? The devil gets tricked. He says, but life is working in you. He's like, yeah, there's, there's a battle. But when that battle runs up against the light in me, my body comes alive. That's what Paul is teaching us. My body, my brain, my soul comes alive. And then life starts to work in you. That's the beauty of the light. It comes out. It shines through the cracks in our armor. It is not confined or restrained by us having what might feel like the worst day we've ever had. And God whispers to us, chill out, son, daughter, I'm just getting started. And if we would just in faith yield to that and believe that and receive that and say, yes, Lord, I believe it. Spirit of God, light of God within me, arise within this limited human frame and let the glory of God radiate out and bring life and healing and salvation to those who are around I'll tell you, that's the invitation Jesus is looking for because he will do it again and again every time. Paul says, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. This light makes us winners. This light makes us victorious. This light gives us resurrection power, puts a smile on our face. Nobody is ever going to snuff out the light of Jesus in you. You hold on to that, and you let that take you to the finish line. Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world. Lord, the word tells us that the light shines in darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. The word tells us, Jesus, that you came to give light. You're the true light that gives light to every man. You came into the world to give us light, to open our eyes. Lord, not only to understand, but to be filled with the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that even though Jesus physically is not here, you physically reside, spiritually reside in these cracked vessels. And Lord, you make them instruments for your glory. I bless your people. I thank you for this amazing congregation. Lord, the pastors that you've given them. Lord, thank you that uh, you take this congregation Lord God, with all its blemishes and, and uniqueness, and use it to display the glory of God to this corner of Alaska. In Jesus' name, amen.